This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brunner, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get him rescheduled soon. And to Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time. The time's on with the most Christmas cheer. That means it's time for the debate debate brought to you by CampusCanton.com. That's Matt Bruning. Austin Nace is out giraffe shopping in Dubai. So Chris Moxley is here to take his place. And I'm Felix Sharp on a holly jolly version of tonight's show. Billy Napier or Brian Kelly, who would you rather? Spencer Rattler or the field for comeback player of the year in the SEC? And who is going to break out in 2022? But we start with confirmation now that Jameer Gibbs is headed to Alabama. The crystal balls had been headed that way. He had also been associated with Tennessee, but it is Alabama. He's going to be joining uh, Bryce Young and John Mechie and that historic class of 2021. Matt Bruning, what does this mean for Gibbs and Alabama's offense? I mean, it means a ton for both of them. Gibbs, I think, easily goes in there now and is the best running back on the team. Uh, Bama is... I think likely going to be able to unlock everything about him. I mean, look what the look at the running backs they put into the NFL the past couple of years. I think he's a major step up as a rusher and receiver uh, than Najee Harris and what they were able to do there. I think it's just draft stock up because let's also be honest, when you have that uh, that Alabama logo on your helmet in Jersey, it just matters more when you go into the NFL. Chris Moxley? Yeah. Um the winner here is probably us having the ability to look at Gibbs in a power five, like a real power five offense for an extended period of time and understand kind of like what his strengths are as a player. So I think we'll get a good look at him. Obviously it helps his draft prospects, but 
I, I think the biggest winner is probably like the fantasy community. If I'm being like, not necessarily objective here, like we're going to know who Jameer Gibbs is and in an offense that can produce. And I don't think he's going to dramatically change the Alabama offense or anything. They do. They're always, they were already scoring 42 points per game. It's still going to be the Bryce Young show, but Jameer Gibbs will become, go from non fantasy relevant to fantasy relevant, especially in C2C leagues, which. Oh man, don't, don't hurt my boy saying that he's not fantasy relevant. I mean, he has been fantasy relevant, but it largely as a result of his receiving game. I posted a video in reaction to this, just breaking down how Jameer Gibbs was used at Georgia Tech by Jeff Collins. And the thing that made him most, you know, very dynamic is the fact that he was used like in the vertical passing game, a staple of that Georgia Tech offense was were these long developing wheel routes where they used him out of the backfield. Now you look at what uh, Alabama did last year. They weren't really, they were not really um, using their running backs that way. But at the same time, they didn't have a back like Jameer Gibbs. So we're going to see if Bill, Bill O'Brien can put together a package of plays to utilize Jameer Gibbs' strength. strengths. I would not be surprised to see him used in the slot, like even maybe heavily. Like I think that he is – like I think that he could be a first-round pick as a receiver. I really do b- believe that of, for, of Jameer Gibbs. So um, – but it's going to be up to to uh, Bill O'Brien not to just run him into the back of the line. Now we have some precedent for Alabama using a, a running back in the receiving game, but it wasn't last year. It was the previous year – with Najee Harris. Now, obviously Najee Harris was coached by Steve Sarkeesian and not Bill O'Brien, but you know, I don't want to just see him used on these vanilla option routes out of the backfield, swing passes out of the backfield. Let's get him deployed down the field because that 13.3 yards per carry, or excuse me, yards per catch, that's more than Jahan Dotson. It's more than Josh Downs. That's more than uh, your boy, Drake London, these players that are associated with big plays. And so, that's how Jeff Collins was used. Uh, that's how Jeff Collins used Jameer Gibbs. I really want to see Bill O'Brien used in that bait. And I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over on 35 receptions for him in 2022. Because you think about what um, what Alabama's going to have. You're going to have John Metchie's going to be back out of out of a uh, off of an injury, and then you're probably going to have uh, uh, Jamison Williams is going to be gone. It's going to be like Ja'Cory Brooks. You're going to have Jaleel Billingsley back there. I mean, you put Jameer Gibbs on the field on any for any college offense, he might be the best pass catcher on the team. So I'm taking the over on 30 on 35 receptions. I think so too. Brian Robinson had 32 this year. Like Jameer Gibbs is a, he's like light years ahead for Robinson and their receivers are going to be even worse next year. Not that any receivers are like bad in the context of Alabama, but there will no be there will not be a Jameson Williams to um, like dominate target share. So I like over thirty five as well. Look how far we've come. There will not be a Jameson Williams to dominate target share. <laughs> Sounds like a probably probably another episode of Petty Feelings coming up uh, pretty soon here. Uh, all right, um, Matthew, do you want to do housekeeping or you want me to do it? Uh, you're dressed to impress, so why don't you? Uh, I'm don't dressed you to our listening audience about our low energy Matt Bruning, the Cal Ripken of podcasting. Listen, guys, the YouTube page we are releasing a ton of freshman content there on the YouTube page. We want you guys to go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube page, campus to canton.com. We are 
doing we're, we're going to be working all throughout the offseason there is no offseason for us go to the youtube page again i mentioned that jameer gibbs video you can go take a look at it subscribe turn on your notifications and go ahead and like some of the videos we are trying to grow our presence in that space rates and reviews listen listen austin got on you guys last week and you didn't listen okay you didn't listen no rates and reviews it's just it's a travesty quite frankly it's an absolute travesty um, that that the 10 of you that listen to this show aren't helping us out, helping us grow the show. We want to get to at least 15 listeners per de- per episode by the time, you know, March, January gets here. All right. So PJ, uh, Luke, we need you guys to rate and review. And then, of course, if you are not subscribed to the website, campusdecan.com, it's just $3 a month or we're still running prize picks. If you want to make an initial deposit prize picks of $20 or more, you get a match on your initial deposit. Plus, you get a free subscription a year, a year subscription to campusdecan.com. I don't really know how you could beat that, but if you want to just subscribe to the website, it is $2.99 a month. All right. The uh, of hang on. I want to, you know, I'm going to pull a Josh Pate here since Felix was being rude to everybody. I'm going to come in here, be a little nice, a little humble bragging, a little bragging about ourselves here. We get uh, we get a lot of downloads, guys, but only like 20% of those people have rated and reviewed the podcast. I know not everybody listens on Apple iTunes. It takes like five minutes. You don't even have to say all you can just go in there. Five star Felix sucks. We love those reviews. They're the best. Just go in there. Drop a little something. Five star review. It really helps us out. Uh, we would very much appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's a great thing for to do for us. It's the holiday season. Everybody's about to enjoy Christmas. You know, like, why not? Just drop a quick five star review. Say, hey, guys, love what you're doing. Hate what Felix is doing. Matt Austin are awesome. Moxley should replace however you guys want to do it. Moxley should replace Austin or Matt, maybe, maybe Felix. Who cares? Just something nice there. Doesn't even have to be nice. Just drop that five star review. We'd appreciate it. If you could yeah, give, yeah, if you could give one review for every time Austin gave a lukewarm take, every time Matt yeah. projected the quarterback battle wrong at Ohio State, every time Felix ran victory laps for Mayan Williams, who kind of was unimpressive this year. We would have a not lot kind of views, guys. Like this is this is not very simple. Just go one for one for one. That's all we need. One for one. I don't really understand how the twentieth ranked, the twentieth leading rusher in the Big Ten is not a hit. But I mean, <laughs> in the and uh, sorry, the twentieth leading even, rusher. Like, are there twenty one running backs in the Big Ten? Like Wait, he's, time he's out, the twentieth leading out. rusher in the Big Ten. Or are there the, even twenty one the running backs in the Big Ten? In the Big Ten, plus the 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 leader in yards per carry average, that's a hit. All right, let's move on here to the bulk of what we're going to talk about today is the SEC. We're going to do a series here where we are looking forward uh, to each individual conference. We're going to talk about breakouts, uh, comeback player, and a freshman to pay attention to or who might have an impact next year. So we're going to start with the most popular con, uh, co- conference, the SEC. And Matt Bruning, do you want to start with your breakout yeah. or do you want someone else to start? No, I can go. Uh, I can go first on the breakout. I was I was looking at a couple different wide receivers here and trying to pick between two. I almost went with Will Shepard out of Vanderbilt, but spoiler alert or foreshadowing, I will talk about a Vanderbilt player here in a minute. So I figured I'd go a different route. Uh, I'm gonna go Moose Muhammad the third, uh, redshirt freshman, now currently out of Texas A&M, six one one ninety five. He had a nine dominator rating and a fourteen uh, dominant weighted dominator rating this year. 
only played in three games, though, due to injury um, and was fairly productive in all three of those games. And why I think he could have a real breakout this year. So I was looking this up because typically when we look at Jimbo Fisher, at least what he's done at Texas A&M, we think he runs the ball first, very run-heavy team. This year, their offensive pass success rate was at 41%, and their early down pass rate was 50%, which was the third highest in his coaching career behind his two Florida State teams in 2014 and 2015. They are now bringing in Max Johnson, who I believe is a better passer than anybody they had on their roster last year. Why, like Haynes King, he's still a little raw as a passer, you know, Chris Moxley's QB won Zach Calzada. I don't want to say anything negative about him with Mox here, but I think it's fair to say Max Johnson is a little bit better than him when it comes to passing the ball. And regardless of who wins that job, it does seem like Jimbo is going for more pass-friendly offense. He did an interview recently on 247sports.com talking about his recruiting class, and he talked about how the game is changing to a more wide-open and down-the-field approach when it comes to the passing game. So I do think that he's trying to attack that. He did a lot of talking about that when he was talking about um, recruiting Connor Wigman to come play quarterback. So I think he does want to push the ball down the field. And I think that means good things for Moose Muhammad because we know DeMont DeMoss is not going to do it. This is his third year. We've seen nothing from him to think that he's going to. So I highly doubt he does it this year. They they lose, obviously, um, Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Joe, um, my goodness, is it? Weidermeyer is gone as well. He's going to the draft. So that really just leaves Anaya Smith and Chase Lane on the outside. I know Chase Lane got a lot of hype last year. He didn't do much either. He barely outproduced Moose Muhammad, who, again, only played in three games. Uh, I just think he's got a really good shot to jump up and be the guy there for that offense because we also know, even though they're bringing in a couple really good freshmen from this recruiting class, Jimbo Fisher historically does not play true freshmen. So I don't know that the Evan Stewarts of the world are going to step up into a role. So it's going to come down to Anaya Smith and Moose Muhammad, I think, the third. Uh, ADP last year of 261. I have not seen him go. I've only looked at three of the mock drafts we've kicked off. I've not seen him go in the top 20 rounds. So for a guy you could get that late, I think, has a realistic shot of breaking out in what could be a more pass-friendly offense this year. I feel like the last... Jimbo Fisher, wide receiver, we cared about. Well, you know, maybe Calvin Benjamin. I was going to say, is it Rashawn well, that's, that's Green? That's the only one he's really produced. Is, is yeah, I was like, wait, is it, is it Calvin Benjamin? But then the slot receiver, too, Green, who got drafted by the um, the ja- the Jaguars. I mean, he was, he was all right. All right. Chris Moxley, who you got? Man, I hate to follow up Einstein here with all the statistics. I, I, I'm a little intimidated. But uh, I, I'm going with Jalen Wright. He was a favorite of mine coming into last year. Uh, he was behind Jabari Small and Tyon Evans, so it was hard to – Jalen Wright at Tennessee. Yes. Running back Jaylen at Wright Tennessee. Jalen Wright at Tennessee, uh, 5'11", 200. I think he can add a little bit of weight, which is which is big for him. Um, I, I don't know who it is on Twitter, so if, so if I attribute this wrong, I apologize. But I believe it's Edna Beast Mode on Twitter who talked about the average weight gain for a running back between um, when they enter college, when they leave college is about 15 pounds. So, so the projection for him would be around 205, 207, which I think is good enough considering he has 428 speed. Um, he ran for 5.2 yards per carry in his limited uh, opportunity. And it's Vanderbilt. So we can like laugh about it all we want. They have like an okay run defense and he was sec freshman of the week that year or that week when uh, they went against Vanderbilt. I think he has really good vision. I don't think he's someone who's going to like wow with cuts and like make a bunch of people miss, but good vision can hit the hole. And he has the speed to when he's in the second level, just pull away from anybody else. I would be surprised if he didn't run 
either like high four twos or low four threes. He was injured in the middle of the season, which I think hurt his opportunity. But when we saw him, he looked good um, and was efficient in his carries. And with Tyon Evans transferring out, I do think he's a guy that can step up and add a lot of value to him next year and be a productive player in an offense that likes to run the ball and has an in hooker that can, um, you know, pull defenders. And I, I think that he's a guy who can take the next step and given his physical attributes can be an NFL back at like a, like a day two guy. Well, I mean, the rumors were, is, were that uh, Jameer Gibbs was flirting with Tennessee and it feels like tennis, like Josh Heupel wants to get some sort of explosive back in there. Zach Evans is still in the transfer portal. Um, and we quite, quite frankly, we don't know where these players are going to land, but, but maybe Wright is the one to take the helm there. Um, I, I could go any number of places with this. I mean, I was thinking about Arkansas. I really like the combination of Rocket Sanders and A.J. Green. But quite frankly, Dominic Johnson's not going anywhere. He's only a, soft, a sophomore, 6'1", uh, 235. He's not necessarily bursty, but he's a player. He was the second leading rusher on the team this year. So I can't – I don't think that Green is going to jump him. Hopefully uh, Rocket will become the, the uh, leading rusher there. And then Alabama. I think people know the name Jojo Earl by now, kind of an electric slot receiver. I think that he's going to step up next year in that in that slot role. Wasn't even in in the there in the spring uh, last year. He was playing football in, at Texas and then got starting reps very early on. Or not starting reps. He got reps very early on ahead of those two outside receivers. And so Jojo Earl is a real impressive player coming off injury. I hope that we get to see him in Alabama. Ja'Cory Brooks is obviously the starter, op, uh, the backup to John Mechie. When John Mechie has been out, it's been Ja'Cory Brooks who was in there. Ja'Cory Brooks had the uh, the touchdown pass against uh, uh, Auburn. And then when Mechie was hurt in the SEC championship game, Ja'Cory Brooks came in. So we're really going to see what that offense looks like in the spring game. I'm I mean, I, I have no reason to believe that it's not going to be Ja'Cory Brooks who's starting. He could break out. Jameer Gibbs could break out. Jameer Gibbs has already broken out, but he could have a ridiculous season next year. But I wanted to go a little under the radar. And I'm going to – a little – a very, very – Just under, named not, like not eight players and you're not done yet? Yeah. Like I, I – No, I'm not done yet because that, <laughs> those guys don't count. Those guys – this is my take. This is my take. And you can ask me afterwards if I how strongly I feel about this. But the wide receiver Brian Thomas at LSU. Brian Kelly gets there. You got Trey Palmer, Deion Smith, and Coy Moore all in the same position group. Enter the transfer portal. You got Kayshawn Boutte, who's liking Bryce Young Heisman tweets, and he's got coaches at Alabama now following him, just overtly, overtly fl flirting with Alabama. And even if he wasn't, I don't think Kayshawn Boutte needs to play next year to for his draft capital be, to be secured. So you got Jack Beck and Brian Thomas could be the starters for LSU. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. But I think, you know, Brian Thomas, I, I compared him to uh, Preston Williams uh, early on. And so, you know, uh, one of these longer receivers who can play above the rim. He's got some good athleticism. Uh, I like Brian Thomas. He had he flashed a little bit this year, Had was very was, was productive, at least for a freshman. And so, come on, boys. What about Brian Thomas? as a potential breakout uh, next year for Brian Kelly and those Louisiana State Tigers. I think Chris Hilton fits under that same um, bucket. I preferred Hilton coming in to Thomas. So 
I think one of those LSU wide receivers is going to break out. And I like I, I think that's a safe bet just to make maybe take like multiple shots on them in drafts and say, hey, like one of them is going to do it. That's a ta- really talented class they brought in last year. I had to put something down here. I don't feel strongly <laughs> about like that at all. Like I think there's a chance. I think that. What about your first seventeen players? Yeah. What about? about yeah, I feel what about good about those guys. All the guys. <laughs> I, I feel good about five star to Corey Brooks as a as a breakout as well. That's a bold. bold <laughs> yeah. What about what about Jameer Gibbs? Who, or JoJo oh, Earl, like one of those guys. One of those, so all not, these five oh, wow. stars, like oh, one of these guys. So now I go out. for a layup, and I'm getting accused of like cherry picking. Oh, well, like, because all, my all, all you all you talk about Steph Curry is you just you shoot him from deep. You don't want to take those EC two pointers. You're you're heaving from deep. If Austin was here, he would be like, I think Bryce Young is going to break out. He's always touting tar- these five how, stars. How so. how dare you, sir? He's already broken out. He would probably I mean, be talking saying, about Jameer Gibbs too. That was probably the route. Just one, once for once on the show, I mentioned some five-star guys that I think logistically could break out. Whatever. All right. Um, let's move here to the comeback player. Uh, however, you want to define that. The comeback player in the SEC, Matt Bruning. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah, I wanted to go the route that I know Moxley is going to go, but it, it just kind of makes more sense for him to take that route uh, with with his allegiances and everything. So I, I just this was I'm going to be honest. I don't know how I don't know who Felix picked. Um, I don't know how easy it was for either one of you to come up with these. It took me forever, and I just it, said, yeah. "Oh my god!" I just I, because I like this kid. I think he's a good player. I just I went with Raymond Davis out of Vanderbilt. I tried to find a. I thought about him or Mookie Cooper. I mean, Mookie Cooper was had like a good game, and I thought maybe he could get it going together. But I'm gonna a little spoiler alert foreshadowing again. I'm gonna talk about a Missouri player here in a minute. So I thought I'd go a different route, and I'm going to take a take Raymond Davis. I mean, he. Got hurt three games into the season last year. What was looking decent for a team that is really bad. Uh, you've got head coach there, Clark Lee, whose rush rate on early downs is 60%, and his rush success rate is 49%. Davis played well, or as well as you could ask for him to play at Vanderbilt last year before the injury, and I still do believe he's a good running back. Absolutely no one stepped up in his place. In fact, the leading rusher on the team barely doubled him up in rushing yards in double the amount of games. He did catch more passes last year as well, which I think is a big thing for him. It was one of the things that he had talked about when I had a chance to talk with him about wanting to improve. Like, I know Vanderbilt's not going to be a great team, but they do still run the ball a lot, even though they get, like, bludgeoned by everybody. Uh, And so I think if he goes out there and plays well, I still think he's got a shot to get, like, day three draft capital. So he's my comeback player of the year. So you're just going to double down on the Ramon Davis take? Like it Why wasn't not? this year, so it's a. Why not? I mean, just gonna, just gonna. Double. I mean, just gonna go to the well. Just gonna go to next, the well with Ramon next Davis. year. Next year, Steph Curry, you'll you'll be going to the well with Zach Wilson's gonna bounce back, and he's probably not gonna do it either. So we'll just keep running around until both those guys flame out. All right. Um, uh, from from a running back with I'm sure I'm sure Ramon Davis Ramon Davis's vision, you know, is gonna get him. Uh, it's going to have, have a good Vision season. Matters. Vision matters. All right, Chris Moxley, your natural pick for uh, for this category. Yeah, so I, I think Spencer Rattler has a really good chance. And this is me trying to divorce my fandom, but like six months ago, if you asked me how I felt about Spencer Rattler, 
uh, it may be laced with expletives about how I I saw him in QB1 and how he reacted to Caleb Williams taking the job. Now Spencer Rattler is um, really close to becoming like a godlike figure in Columbia, South Carolina. So I'm not going to disparage him in any shape or form. I think he has a legitimate chance to become that comeback player of the year because I do think that he has that talent. We've seen him perform at a high level. We've seen him be that quarterback across multiple years. We know he was a high-end recruit. We know that he was able to perform in spurts uh, two years ago. Last year, he struggled. I do think that he has that talent, and it's not going to take a lot for him to perform at a high level because the expectations are so much lower at South Carolina. So if he comes out and he is sufficient and he gets back into the first round in like draft pundits, I do think he's a really safe bet to be at least in consideration for comeback player of the year in the SEC. And, and if we're, we're doing this whole, like I can nominate anybody five-star, like it doesn't really matter what we're doing here sort of thing that every players on the board, I'm just going to throw out Keishon Boutte because he got injured like, <laughs> like five weeks into the season. And if he comes back and he actually does play next year, there's a really good chance that he's comeback player of the year for the SEC. Like he, he suffered a pretty bad injury. And I, I do think that if he comes back, he, he will be uh, in consideration for that award. So I listen, if we're doing like, if we're doing layups or nah. we're mentioning Ohio state, former Ohio state players like Mookie Cooper, and then claiming them down the road, like he did with Jameson Williams, then we're going to be able to, uh, I feel like uh, K-7K is on. Mookie Cooper's a little bit of shooting. It's close to the three-point line. I mean, dude did absolutely nothing last year. But, but did, you are right. You claim. should definitely take the Felix route of, like, naming, like, 15 players. So then when actually one of them succeeds, we get to <laughs> victory lap that for an entire season. To be to be fair, though, we did claim Jameson Williams, and I say we as in Matt Bruning, claim Jameson Williams as an Ohio State success story. Despite oh, he's definitely Ohio State Ohio totally mismanaging he was, him. As he was developed at Ohio State, years. but he succeeded well, at he Alabama. He was developed as a wide receiver four or five. He was going to get his. Who's going to go undrafted in the NFL? No, Chris, they, you know who I was. I, this year, I, who I was thinking about bringing up is a Marion Brown, but the transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh away. A Marion Brown, after having that excellent true freshman season at Georgia Tech, was was aw, was awful. This year, yeah. and I don't know, like I don't know if it was he had like seven receptions on the season. It's like, why did you even transfer to South Carolina? So, I mean, it's that's probably one of the worst transfer portal stories I, I've heard. Heard, and you would think that with Spencer Rattler, like Brown could be a deep threat, but I'm not. I'm not putting any chips after that season. He couldn't get on the field last year, and our wide receivers court was. I want to be really nice as a fan, but like. It was horrible. It was terrible. It was like one of the worst power five receiver cores in the league. He he reminds me of McLean Mannix. I don't know if you guys remember McLean Mannix at Nevada. Had an absolutely excellent freshman season. He transferred to Texas Tech uh, because of for family issues, and then was like never heard of again. And like that's what that's what a Mary. Now I think that, that was for, for injury with McLean Mannix, but. Uh, that's what uh, that's what Marion Brown reminds me of. He's still got that speed, so, I mean, he could always come back. My comeback player is Demarcus Bowman. Now, Demarcus Bowman, five-star. <laughs> here I go again. Back to a five-star player. Listen, but, you know, was not was, did not play for uh, Clemson last year. Transfers to Florida, uh, for again, for family issues. 
was not you was not used. Um, uh, Billy Napier is there in Gainesville now, and in the three seasons prior to 2021, UL or Louisiana averaged over 3,000 yards rushing with guys like Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regis, Raymond Calais. And if we think about how they're going to build the offense, how I would expect them to build the offense in Florida, they're going to keep that running game, but they're going to incorporate uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. And we know how a dual threat quarterback can affect the running game. And quite frankly, it's going to be Bowman or Lingard who are the the leading rushers there. Um they're probably going to use Pierce and uh, and the and the second leading rusher there. So why not Demarcus Bowman? Demarcus Bowman, who had over five thousand yards in between his sophomore and senior season at Lakeland, Florida, um, including twenty five hundred his junior year. So I mean, why not bet on a five star running back who's going to be in a dominant rush, a run dominant scheme, or is expected to be in a run dominant scheme? Give me that's so look, I've touted a couple of five-star running backs here. Now I'm taking the layups. I'm taking the layups today. I'm not I'm not it, this is actually really hard. Like it took me a long time to get to Demarcus Bowman, but uh oh, yeah, going for the layup sure. today. I'm sure you you sort five-star running backs and he's like near the top of the conference. I'm sure it was really hard to kind of be like, which five star am I betting on today? I got it. I got you. Who's done nothing in two years, but all right. I'm waiting I'm waiting for a third-year breakout, which we know the probability on that is really low. Let's move on here to freshmen. Potential freshman breakout in the SEC, Matthew. So I was torn on a couple of You know, you just can't, you probably here. just looked at the show sheet and came up with this in the last five minutes as after we started the this show. One, but, I, yeah. I mean, I, I you were you were gonna be pleasantly surprised that no, that is not true. I was working on this as you called me earlier as I was eating some nice chocolate chip ice cream. You interrupted my pleasant alone time. I was, you know, trying to enjoy myself a little bit. Okay. Uh no, I was uh, thought about a lot of different players here. What? I don't mean like that kind of alone time, but that I'll that happens later, not while I'm in. What were you doing with this ice cream? Like I was eating it. It was delicious. Well, it was the face Moxley gave me when I said alone time. Like it's not not the whole the whole whole description here just lend itself to sexual. Like yeah, imagine imagine you probably have both seen this movie. Austin would have no fucking idea what I'm about to say. Just imagine uh, what's the guy's name from um, Jim Belushi? Not Jim Belushi. What is it? I cannot remember his name now. Um, he's in all the Billy Madison movies. You guys know what I'm talking about. He's also in Sopranos. He played Tony Soprano's brother. Um, Steve anyways. Yes, there we go. Steve Buscemi. Just imagine that dude sitting on his couch, putting the lipstick on, gets the call. That that was me. Just relaxing, just in my own element. It was nice. And he crosses the names off the list about exactly. who he's yeah, yeah, so just I thought Felix called to apologize <laughs> to me. He did not, so the name did not get crossed off. But anyways. On, nobody wants. Nobody really cares about all this stuff. They care about the freshmen. I thought about going with the running back. Um, I thought. I think the easy one would be to me to go Quinshawn Judkins, who I've been like talking about nonstop here for the past like month. Uh, I, who I think is going to Ole Miss, going to be a really good player. But since I've already talked about him, I'll go a different route. Sam Horn, freshman quarterback, going to Missouri. I know they got Connor Bazelak there. Um, and Felix likes him. Probably one reason why you should pivot away from him. But 6'4", 190 from Swanee, Georgia. Went to Collins Hill High School. 
Uh, he is a gunslinger. He has got a really good arm. He's makes a lot of plays on tape. He has a very simple, repeatable, easy delivery and throwing motion. He puts plenty of pace on the ball, but he does know when to use touch. He varies his um, his speed when he makes the throw. Sometimes he's a very mobile athlete as well. He can make plays in and out of the pocket, very good at throwing on the run. Um, he played baseball as well, which you can kind of see with his sidearm throws and everything. He throws very accurately. His footwork, I think, is very good as well. Some of that, I think, again, comes from his baseball background. Now, he does have a propensity for interceptions. Uh, 37 touchdowns and 10 interceptions his senior year, 41 and 14 in his junior year, but he passed for 7,992 yards in high school with uh, 78 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. Did also have 15 fumbles, which so you don't like the, the turnovers there with the touchdowns and the interceptions. But the one thing I think that separates him from Connor Bazelak Last, um, this past year, 621 rushing yards. He also had a receiving, uh, did some receiving work as well. 754 rushing yards altogether in high school with nine touchdowns. He is very good with his legs. Again, I, you know, Connor Bay's like, maybe he wins the job, but if he struggles off the bat early, which I don't think Missouri is going to be very good. Maybe we see Sam Horn get in there and start playing. And I think a quarterback, Anytime they get on the field has a chance to be that freshman player that you want to watch out for. And, you know, we talked a lot about with Seth Hennigan this last year at Memphis. If he can get on the field and start producing, I do think he's got the tools to possibly be an NFL quarterback. He's got to clean some things up, but the the upside is there. So I'm taking Sam Horn as my freshman in the SEC. I, I can tell that this was done before the show. Because totally within missing... the last five minutes, I just kind of was like, "Oh shit, let me throw something together really quick." Oh, oh, so so, are you worried about Brady Cook, who's tearing up in the bowl game right now? Who got the start over Basilak? No, I'm not even watching what? it. But no, I'm not. Now, Bra- really Brady, got that quarterback from East St. Louis. Is he not playing? Dude, I don't know. I just know Brady Cook. Brady Cook's tearing up that Army defense. I, I mean, it's the Austin army. Was telling me this, I, the I really the offseason about the quarterback from from East St. Louis who was going to tear it up at and take and take Connor Basilak's spot. I can't even remember his name. Yeah, you know, really? Austin's allowed to be wrong every once in a while, but I think you could throw like Noodle Arm Felix out there if you ever saw that video of Choose Me and he like throws it like five feet over the playground. That uh, he, uh, I think even he could put up some points on the army defense. I'm not really that worried about that, but no, I'm not watching the game unfortunately. So. Okay, I I want to start my uh, my freshman breakout with a thank you to the troops. Um, well, yeah, definitely thank you to the troops <laughs> because because I I think that their defense is fantastic and I think they do a great job defending our nation, which I think uh, was a little bit challenging that last statement by Matt Bruning. Anyway, I really think Branson Robinson. At, out of Georgia, uh, one of the top ranked running backs in the class has a really good opportunity to seize a role as like a one B back at, at, at Georgia this coming season because we're seeing James Cook leave. I'm fairly confident Zamir White will leave. It really lends itself to a trio of Kenny McIntosh, who uh, well, he, I think he'll operate as a third back. He's like a good complementary piece, but a guy who is more likely to change of pace. I do think that Kendall Milton will sees more of a role this year compared to what he'd done. He he was uh, fourth in carries this year, but he far and away would have been probably third, probably maybe second, absolutely third 
depending on what his, what his carries look like in the in the rest of those games. But he only played six games, so it, it's hard to project. I do think Branson Robinson can come in and command like one B reps immediately. I think that he's an, a fantastic athlete. I think that he is a guy that you can you don't need much if you're a Georgia running back, right? Like you can come in and be a one B or you can come in and get like a hundred carries as a freshman and you're immediately on draft boards. You're immediately somebody who is, is taking notice in the Debbie community. I think he'll gain value in CGC leagues. He's a guy that I think will immediately come in command opportunity and do well with that opportunity behind the Georgia line. Just those big boys from the sec opening up lanes. And I think he's good enough and athletic enough to take advantage of that. So I, I think Branson Robinson is a guy who I think will, it has the at least the potential to come in and make a day one impact with those um with 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 that with um Zamir White and James Cook leaving. I think that's that's kind of the big storyline there. Yeah, I, I mean I like I do like Branson Robinson. It's really hard to say what's gonna happen with Georgia given that they always use a, a running back by committee. And we're gonna end up talking about a lot of these freshmen, these names that People know Branson Robinson's name, but Georgia is also bringing in Jordan James, which is one of my uh, uh, running back that I really like in the class. So, I mean, we we're going to see with with Kendall Milton because he has not been really productive in two seasons and he was the big time recruit. And so we're going to see next year after Zamir White and uh, James Cook leave. I want to right, add so, one thing really quick, Felix, before you get to yours on on, on Moxley's point with Branson Robinson. I do think that he could be very right on him seizing that 1B role. We, uh, I want to say it was earlier this past season we talked a lot about the Georgia running backs for a different reason. I think it's because I was probably trying to prop up Kendall Milton in some way because I still like him. If you go back and look at their history, because I've said before I think that they are RBU, when they have two really good running backs, the split is has been closer to like a 65-45 carry split. But when they've had like the one time, it was Todd Gurley, and I can't remember who the other player was, but he got hurt and the third string running back was not at good at all, they moved to like a 80-20 split. So I, as much as I love Kendall Milton, I don't know that he secures like that 80% rushing split. So I think you could see more of like a 65-45, and Branson Robinson, even with a 45% split, is going to be really, really good. Uh, Tyler Macon is the quarterback from East St. Louis, who I was trying to think of earlier that Austin was uh, was touting in the season in the, earlier in the season. Could, he was good team. against Georgia, or at least he was not terrible. Which against the Georgia defense is not, yeah, not terrible is is great. Is, uh, yeah, Dwayne McBride, the the second leading rusher against Georgia uh, this season. Um, all right, my freshman and i had to again this, this is not easy i mean this is not easy to go here and think about all right we're going to talk about the sec who's going to break out and i picked walker howard the five-star quarterback <laughs> five 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 <laughs> the reason i the reason i mean it's i mean the, the logic is simple you got brian kelly going there he did not pick uh uh, Garrett Nussmeyer, the four-star quarterback who's going to stay there. He didn't pick Miles Brennan, who's entered the transfer portal, and and Kelly decided to come back. Um, Walker Howard could have easily opened up his recruitment again and decided, I'm not going to LSU, but he decided to stick with his commitment with those Louisiana State Tigers. And so he is really the one that Kelly has chosen. Now, I know Kelly does not start freshman at all, let alone quarterback. And so most likely it's going to be Brennan. But 
if we're if if they get to the point where they're going to look forward to the 2023 season and how do they how do they develop somebody, then it's going to be Walker Howard who ends up playing. So I just think that that's like a a very easy selection for a freshman who could have an impact. But at the same time, again, I I think LSU is going to be terrible next year. So just uh, if you if you guys didn't catch uh, yeah, it, yeah. Felix's five 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 stars is brought to you by five for five by Wendy's. So guys, check it out. Just so you know, go ahead, go ahead, Moxley. Not not a sponsor. Um, not a sponsor yet. Not yet. But yes, Felix is yeah, now, Felix yeah, is gunning for it with the five 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 for five. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Absolutely. I this isn't analytics or anything, but I do think that video of him dancing to Garth Brooks with Walker Howard. I mean that's. I mean, that's important. That is that is like pseudo analytics. Like, you can't put a number on that, but it's important. I mean, anytime a, a grown man is going to embarrass himself with a with a quarterback recruit, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be worth worth something. All right, I all do, right, boys. I, I think that's big fan advice. That cream. is it for comeback player comeback player breakout and freshman to watch in the SEC. We got one more segment, kids. Are we ready for the Debbie debates? Let's do it. All right. Low energy Matt Bruning with Jameer Gibbs in the fold, Jace McClellan, Kamar Wheaton. They are irrelevant. True or false? False. Uh, we have not seen Alabama commit truly to a running back either. Uh, not, they don't split quite as much as Georgia, but as good as Gibbs is, I do believe that either Kamar Wheaton, honestly, he's going to end up being Wheaton. I think Jace McClellan probably transfers, but I think Wheaton will be involved in the offense. I, I'm here for Jace McClellan. I don't think that he is anything to write home about, but I don't know. Jameer Gibbs is going to dominate that that backfield he they're not going to want to take him off the field like i mean, yes, like yes. there's there's way too many backs in this family roydell williams there trey sanders is still there we got kamar wheaton we got emmanuel henderson who's coming in it's a it, it is a shit show to put it nicely behind jameer gibbs gibbs gonna get like 80 percent of touches and we he just is. don't care He's going to get the same snap share that Najee Harris. He's, is Jameer Gibbs a better back than Najee Harris? I, I is a better shit in the woods? I think. I don't know. I think that he is. He is going know. to dominate that backfield. Jace McClellan, Kamar Wheaton, whoever else, Emmanuel Henderson, they're they're going to be irrelevant as it pertains to the running back position. Jameer Gibbs is going to dominate. Another Jameer Gibbs question. Chris Moxley's throwing this to you first. True or false, Jameer Gibbs will be drafted ahead of B. John Robinson in the 2023 NFL draft. If you had asked me this like two weeks ago, I would have said no. But I think he's a good back. And I think with that Bama bump, yes. Like, sure, why not? I don't know if he's better than B. John Robinson, but he sure as hell got the Bama name behind him. So why not? Nope. Nope. Mac, no, <laughs> no. Well, it, well, I think he has a better shot now of being drafted in the first round than I gave him any shot for previously. I, I've said before, I think Bijan goes in the first round. I did not think Gibbs would get first round draft capital. I think he has a shot to now, but no. Bijan is still a very good receiving back. He's got the size. He's got everything. I, unless he goes out there and gets injured again, I think there's no shot Gibbs goes ahead of Bijan. I don't know that Bijan is the receiver that Jameer Gibbs is. And quite frankly, I think because of Bijan's size, 
you might see some offenses try to use him the way, quite frankly, Saquon Barkley should be used in the passing game more than he is. But because he's the 230-pound back, they put him in the backfield and they just run him up the gut. That We could see that happen with uh, B. John Robinson. And I think this situation compares really nicely to Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, where we saw them taking, you know, three, four picks uh, uh, from each other. I don't, Listen, don't take running backs in the first round, but these guys should both make a case for first round draft capital. And I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised for it for a offensive that is that is forward thinking, that is progressive to take Jameer Gibbs ahead of Bijan Robinson. But I mean you say that, but then Bijan got 26 receptions last year in only 10 games. You say that they're only gonna run him up the gut. Like he gets a lot of receptions. What did Jameer Gibbs have last year? 35? So nine more. It's not just. It's not just. It's not just the number of receptions. It's how they are used in the offense. And I and I I think that Jameer Gibbs is more likely to be to. I've seen clips of Bijan lining up in the spot in the slot, but I think that Jameer Gibbs is going to be used like Aaron Jones, used like um, like Alvin Green. You there? I'm not disagreeing with you on that part. Like I don't think. My point is. You're making it sound like Bijan's not a good receiving back at all. Like I'm not saying he's no, good I'm with not. Gibbs. I didn't say no, 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 no. Like Let's not do this thing where but, I said because one player is good that the other player is bad. No, I'm not, saying that's what's making that. you're making it sound like you're saying Jameer Gibbs is like heads above Bijan Robinson. He's not that much better as a receiver than Bijan Robinson. So my point is, Bijan Robinson brings more to the table in my opinion than than I almost said Alvin Kamara. My goodness, uh, Jameer Gibbs. There isn't really, but my point is that's why I think Bijan goes ahead of him. All right. I mean, go ahead. Took the easy route then. All right. Um, All right. Which new coach at an SEC school would you rather be, Chris Moxley, Billy Napier at Florida, or Brian Kelly at LSU? This is a weird question because, like, I don't know who I'd rather be. Brian Kelly's really lame. Like, he's not cool. I'm not sure Billy Napier is any cooler, um, but I do think rec- being able to recruit the whole state of Louisiana probably has more value than battling for recruits in Florida. So I'm going to go with Brian Kelly. I, we dance similarly. I also like Garth Brooks. Um, I'm not sure I could actually publish a video of me dancing with a five-star quarterback recruit like that. Now we got to do it. Now we got to do down. it. I, I don't know if I can live that down, to, to be fair, but – I do think being able to recruit the entire state of Louisiana it is more important than battling um, Florida. Who There are a lot of teams going to Florida like Alabama currently and, and poaching top recruits, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, especially with Mario, Mario Cristobal coming back to Miami. I think that's a big loss. So if I had to choose a uh, position to be, and I'm going to go to a guy that can secure really good talent in uh, Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah, I mean, this is very easy for me. I'm going Napier. Um, you know, number one, probably has better dancing skills than Brian Kelly. Uh, you know, I agree with Mox. He's definitely going to be able to recruit LSU, but dude's not a good coach. And from what I've seen, Napier's don't really worse. love. I'm Napier's not saying way he's worse not. Coach than Brian Kelly is. I'm not saying he's not, but LSU, you are 
what's the what's the word I want? You are expected to win sooner at LSU. They brought him into a national championships, not to win games. Billy Napier's not brought into it. Like they're expecting. That's the same thing. Not, expectation of Florida, though. They're not not right now. They brought Dan in Mullen, Brian Dan Kelly to win a national championship to win like in the next year or two. I think Billy Napier's going to be given some time. Austin's talked a lot about it. I agree hundred percent with Austin. Like Brian Kelly's likely gone in three years. Billy no. Napier will still be at Florida. I know Brian Kelly can coach. I have seen All Brian right. Kelly do it That's right. at Notre He's Dame. He's not a good Notre coach. Dame. So here we go. He was not a He's good a coach at Notre Dame. He could well, not Notre coach Dame. offense, and his defense was coached by Marcus Freeman. So, okay, fine. We disagree. There's no point in belaboring this because we're at 50 minutes. I'll just make a bet with you. Show bet right now. going to live forever in infamy. Assuming we're still here in like three years when Brian Kelly gets fired and Billy Napier is still the head coach at Florida, whoever loses, whoever gets fired first, I'll take Billy Napier. You've got Brian Kelly has to do a dance video. Put your little vest on. Get some nice little khakis. you got to do a little dance video, and it gets posted sure. on the Debbie debate. Okay, there we go. Sure, I can't wait to see that dance video. It's going to be great. It's going to be great of you. I agree. It's your. I, I think you're going to knock it out of the park, Mox. I believe in you. Man, I, I, I think you are so off of that, Napier, man. Who, who knew that it was going to take the Brian Kelly-Billy Napier debate to wake Matthew up in the last five minutes of the show? It actually has some time. energy. I feel so. like I've brought more to okay. discussions than five-star feelings. So. <laughs> All right, let's do one last question here, SEC-themed. Who is the second-best wide receiver in the SEC? We know that Kayshawn Boutte has the helm as the best. Matthew, who is the second-best wide receiver in the SEC? I don't know. Go to Moxley. I should have looked at the show sheet. I thought we were done. Oh, oh nice. I, I was afraid Matt was gonna steal. <laughs> I, I thought Matt was gonna steal my guy here. So Probably I'm glad not. that I can get it. I'm glad I can get ahead of this one. It's Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is the second best receiver in the SEC. And, and again, he's not a wide receiver, but he's absolutely the second best pass catcher in the SEC. Does he need to add weight at t- to continue playing tight end at the NFL level? Probably, probably needs to add like 20-ish pounds, but that doesn't take away from the explosiveness that we see him downfield, the speed really that he has. And I'd love to see him add a little bit more size, but I do think that currently he is the second best pass catcher in the SEC. And I don't know if there's anybody that's really all that close to him, to be honest. Um, that's a, that's a, that is a good, that is a good one. And I was not thinking about, you know, tight end. My instinct was to go to Alabama and to go back to Ja'Cory Brooks. On, I mean, to, to think of somebody associated with Bryce Young. Bryce Young's going to have an excellent season next year. And I think that either JoJo Earl or Ja'Cory Brooks could be the recipient of that. Uh, recipient of that. But because I'm already projecting uh, Ja'Cory Brooks to be the starter opposite John Mechie, I, like, I just like that outside guy with the size. I could see him having, you know, 10, 11 touchdowns next year, at least just even as a red zone guy. So it was my instinct was to go to uh, Ja'Cory Brooks. Uh, I think this is Austin's guy, Jaden Wally, Mississippi State. Why not? I do think this. I, I thought about that as, a, I mean, as an answer. Why not? I mean, Will Rogers yeah. was really good last year. I think another year in Mike Leach's offense. I mean, Wally's probably going to continue to be really good. Why not? I mean, I, I probably agree with Mox. I didn't think go Brock Bowers. That's probably the right answer here, but I'd take I'll take Jaden Wally. He's gonna be the number one on that offense. He's gonna outproduce the Bama guy. Yeah, I do think that um uh, Cedric Tillman at Tennessee deserves an honorable mention. He was really productive this year. And I, I think with Bellis Jones Jr. going to the draft, and he, I think he's going to the senior bowl as well. 
I think Tillman could be a really productive player as the wide receiver one in that offense. So I, I think he deserves at least some credit. I think he was the leading receiver uh, this year with about 900, 900 yards in Tennessee's yeah, offense. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah. So, all right. I have a freshman that I want to talk about, but I'm going to save it for the after show. So if you're listening to this, if you listen to the after show, you'll get the freshman that I forgot to mention during the show. I'll mention it during the after show, which we are now releasing. We are now releasing the after show. All right, that is going to do it for us tonight. You can check out uh, the content around the Campus to Canton family, all of the articles, all of the podcasts. Our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We will get him re- re- rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning and Chris Moxley, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks to the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.